Welcome to another episode. My name is Jose Naharo, and today we're going to take a look at Nike's earnings for quarter three of 2020. So let's get started. Before we begin, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And I'm also streaming on Twitch and Mixer on Monday and Wednesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. You should see the information below. So go ahead and, and see you guys tomorrow. I'm probably going to talk about Micron's Technologies earnings tomorrow. So let's see. Um, let's get started. All the information that we're about to see, I've either collected from SeekingAlpha.com or Nike's investors website. So let's take a look at after hours and how the company is doing. So remember, it reported earnings today after hours. And today was one of the big, I think it was the biggest percentage increase in Dow history since 1933, if I remember correctly. The stock itself is up 50% just on the day. And after hours right now, it's up 10%, sitting at $79. Um, and right now, just, just to keep an example, this company is... It was at all-time highs of $103, so $80. So that means it still has about another 30 to 30, 30 plus percent to reach its all-time highs. Um, so that's where the stock is sitting at. So in today's episode, what we're going to look at is we're going to look at how to fit on earnings. We're going to take a look at the balance sheet. We're going to take a look at the income statement. We're also going to take a look at any news they have about the coronavirus and how it's impacting this company. And I'm going to use that information to help me see how to kind of evaluate my future companies that I'm going to be looking at. And at the end, I'm going to give my valuation and my own opinion of what I think, what I would do with the company. So now we're here on SeekingAlpha.com and we can see for quarter three non-GAAP earnings per share, Nike reported 78 cents, which was a beat by 22 cents. GAAP earnings per share were 53 cents, which were in line. And it had a revenue of $10.1 billion, which was a beat by $530 million. That's about a 5% beat. Uh, that's actually a pretty, pretty nice beat. Um, year to year revenue is up 5.1%. And like I mentioned, the stock is up pretty heavy. All right, guys. So first, let's take a look at what they presented to us in the Investors Relations website. So this is for the third quarter of 2020. Um, this quarter ended in February 29th of 2020 so just for some timeline sake at this moment of february 29 2020 united states and italy and all of europe were still pretty much open the only place that was really affected right now by the coronavirus was greater china and maybe the areas around there like tokyo and south korea but before then uh, at this time italy and united states and all of europe was still open so that's good to know just to see how much it, um, how much affection has happened just from there and can kind of give us an idea of what to expect from future companies. So let's take a look at the highlights and then we're going to break up into, into different segments. So highlights, revenue rose 5% compared to the same time last year. We already saw that digital sales, which I thought was pretty important. Digital sales are up 36% year to year. And like I said, I, I already took a read of this. So I know a huge portion of that has to do with um, greater China Greater China, China, um, China um, revenue was a huge portion of digital sales this year, um, this quarter, just because a lot of the stores were closed down. Diluted earnings per share were 53 cents. There was a non-cash charge of 25 cents, which was some strategic planning with them for a distributor model in South America. The final highlight that they mentioned is inventory increased 7%. 
um, to 5.8 billion, but closeout inventories units declined year um, versus prior year. So that means that the inventory that was there from prior year did start to decline, which is a good thing. All right, so now we're gonna talk about revenue. Revenue, like I mentioned, increased to $10.1 billion in this quarter, up 5% compared to the same time last year. Um, here they mentioned that Nike Direct, um, right, because this pretty much, this company has two major products we're gonna see. It has Nike Direct and it has Converse, uh, pretty much distributed. These are the two major lines from Nike. Uh, so Nike Direct grew with digital growth of 36% and strong growth across Europe, Middle East, and Africa, the Asia Pacific, and North America. And they offset the impact of, of coronavirus and their business to, to China. But digital sales in China did increase more than 30% while brick and mortar retail saw were impacted because of the closures of the stores. So like I mentioned, right, revenue, Nike has two forms of revenue. It has the first from Nike brand and it has the second from Converse. Out of that $10.1 billion that we saw, $9.6 billion is made out of the Nike brand. So that's about 96 or close to 96% of the total revenue comes from a Nike brand, which is up 6% compared to the same time last year. They had double-digit growth in Nike Direct and growth in households. Their key categories included sportswear and the Jordan brand and continued growth across footwear and apparel. So it does seem like we do, we do see some growth in all of their sectors. We're gonna see a quick breakdown in a bit how, how, how each of those are actually doing. But revenue from Converse as well was up to 506 million. So only 5% of the total revenue is made up of Converse, but it's up 11% compared to the same time last year. And it's mainly driven by double digit growth in Europe and in digitally globally. Talking about the income statement, right? We still have gross margins decreased only 80 basis points. To decrease 80 basis points, I think it's actually pretty impressive. Even though for most of this part, right, Greater China, I think China um, closed down in probably late January. So it had about a month of China not really being an active part member. Uh, so it's still pretty impressive that they only dropped about 80 basis points. Um, and the main reason is because China is one of their highest margins countrywide. So they sell for what they make in China. Um, they sell it for, uh, they collect more margins there because most of their products, right, are made in China. So they don't have to worry about shipping and all that. So we can see why they have the higher margins there. They also mentioned that gross margin also declined due to the changes in foreign exchange rates and the incremental tariffs in North America. So the, the tariffs, the trade war is affecting um, Nike in one way or another. And the second thing, the stronger dollar makes it harder for people to, to buy products in America, right? So it, it, does, it definitely impacts the, uh, the, the gross margins in that matter. One thing though, we are gonna see net income decrease 23% to $847 million. So the net income last year was over a billion dollars. Uh, so diluted earnings per share decreased by similar percent. Um, but we know that, right, if we take a look at diluted earnings per share, um, to about 27 about twenty-seven cents, um, are, are 25 cents are related to, uh, are related to, to a charge that they had even though chargers like this i think should be included uh, it's just good to know if that charge wasn't there i'm pretty sure this net income would not have made would not have seen a net decrease all right so now here we're taking a look at revenue based on 
geographic region. So in North America, revenue grew about 4% compared to the same time last year, and we saw a 5% increase in footwear and a 5% increase in apparel. In Europe and Middle East and Africa, we saw an increase of 11%. Um, and let's just take a look at a portion. The biggest first, before we continue, let's take a look at how much North America and everything else worries. So North America is about 40% of the total revenue. Europe seems to be about 27%. China is about 15%. And uh, Asia Pacific and Latin America is about 14%. So that gives you close to about 100, 100% of the total revenue, give or take. I, I did a quick math there, um, but it's just to see how, where it impacts. And great, and China, right? China seems to be only 15%. So for China to be down for just a little bit of time, and this upcoming quarters, we're going to see China down. We're going to see Europe and Middle East and Africa down, and we're going to see North America down in sales. It's just something to keep a note of what's going to happen for next quarter. But North America, like I said, up 4% year to year. We see 5% increase in footwear, 5% increase in apparel. Next, we have Europe, Middle East, and Africa, which is up 11%. There's some strong growth going up, going in Europe and, and that part of the world. We see 8% growth in footwear, 19% growth in apparel, and 14% growth in equipment. In China, China took a big hit, right? And that's crazy. China took this hit, and it was this, this like I said, this only counted for about a month of China being down. So a month of China being down caused footwears to go down 4%, caused apparel to go down 10%. Equipment, for some reason, actually went up 7%, but totally... China lost 5% revenue compared to the same time last year. Asia Pacific and Latin America is up by 8%. We see 6% growth in footwear, 14% growth in apparel, and 9% growth in equipment. So we can see outside of the United States, United States makes up for about close to 40% of total revenue. So that's something to definitely keep in uh, uh, keep mind of for, for what happens um, in the upcoming quarters. All right, so that's pretty much with the company's income statement. Next, let's take a look at some share repurchase that this company has done. During the third quarter, this company bought 9.6 million shares at roughly $957 million. So what does that, it's that close to about $100 a share, um, right? Let's just, let me just do a quick math real quick. So 957 divided by 9.6, they paid about a hundred dollars a share um so if they would have waited a little bit they they would have bought more they could have bought more they could have bought cheaper um but this pro this company has a 15 billion dollar buyback program at the moment um this program has only used 3.9 billion so this company still has about about 11 billion dollars to use for buyback program and in this conference they did not mention that they're going to cancel buyback programs so that's a plus for now um, but we have to see how how europe and north america being down will affect this all right so next let's take a look at this company's balance sheet first the main thing they're talking about is inventory inventory was up seven percent up to 5.8 billion dollars and this is pretty much showing that they anticipate a strong demand once everything once everything turns back on. They're anticipating a strong demand, especially higher inventories in China due to the coronavirus. Um, cash equivalents and short-term investments were $3.2 billion, 
which was 860 million 860 million dollars lower um which is it's 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 a huge it's a huge amount lower um but that's pretty much they say that share repurchase dividends and investments infrastructures were were a huge reason for this they the net income that they provided from that they got this quarter was not enough to do all the stuff that they did so they had to dig in from their cash and cash equivalents in theory let's take a quick look if 864 million dollars was a decrease this company can survive four more quarters with 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 its cash to be able to still repurchase um have dividends um, and continue strong investments and this is assuming a very slow growth in the companies due to this coronavirus i do think it's not going to last four quarters but if it does this company is going to be able to survive just fine as we continue to look at the uh, at the company's balance sheet right here i have pulled up the, the balance sheet like i mentioned cash and cash equivalents is down 23 percent but if we take a look at the total current assets for this company it's actually pretty similar it, it did not grow it's it's zero percent growth um, which means this company moved this current assets elsewhere and the biggest thing we can see here is prepaid expenses and other current assets so these are just some things that this company paid ahead of time um, that it, we won't have to deal with it so i think it's it's good that that's there um, and that helped offset the the huge decline in cash and cash equivalents if we take a look at total total assets total assets grew about 14 percent and that was about a three a 3.3 billion dollar increase but a huge portion of it if you guys have been watching most of my videos there's one thing that you that companies now need to report and it's operating lease right of use assets this is something that if we take a look they did not have to report a year ago so that alone was an extra about $3 billion increase. And that was a huge portion of this total asset increase. So this is where companies sometimes try to play games with you guys. And they show, hey, we increased our total assets by 14%. But in reality, it's an asset that they already had, but they did not have to report. So it's pretty, I, I find it pretty, I mean, if you guys just take a look at the uh, at the balance sheet, you'll be able to find that out. But it's just something to 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 understand what's going on there next let's take a look at this company's liabilities um the total current liabilities grew about 14 percent last year was 7.2 billion this year's 8.2 billion so about 1 billion increase again just like that current asset that did not that did not have to be reported about a year ago there is similar things with the liability that did not have to report be reported a year ago so about that 1 billion dollars 400 million comes from current portions comes from there so they only grew about 600 million 600 million dollars of of liabilities that's still a nice that's still a huge growth it's close to uh close to eight percent growth um but um that came mainly from acure liabilities but still total current liabilities it did increase but it, it wasn't a huge jump um to really have me scared about anything next let's take a look at long-term debt which is pretty important long-term debt does not is is pretty flat compared to the same time last year so this company has not taken any any new debt or if it does it did it's just a movement of timeline um, which we'll probably see in the 10q report when they post it sometime um, in, a, uh, in a few weeks finally the last thing we're going to talk about from what they presented before i give my evaluation of what i i, I based this company uh, what i would pay for this company um, is the coronavirus updates 
So they do mention that China was hugely impacted in the third quarter. Um, revenues were down about 5% like we saw. But remember, they, they do mention that the first two months of the third quarter. So um, when did, uh, so if this was, this, this ended February 29th. So we had, they had whole, all of December and all of January um, to, to, do, to do sales before China really shut down. And they say during those first two months of the third quarter, China's revenue grew strong double digits. Uh, but in the late in the last month, it, it took a big hit. So we can see how impactful um, just one month of bad sales, even though they had two months of double-digit growth, one month of bad sales can really can really cripple a company's um, revenue. Um, right, four percent is not a big a big big decrease. But knowing that the first two months were double-digit growth sales and just one month was able to, to drop it down to um, low negative single digits. Um, they did mention that currently about 80% of the stores are open back in China and even a higher rate in the key cities, which I think is pretty good. It means that this thing goes, it leaves. And when it does, it does, everything goes back to normal to some extent. They did mention their, uh, here we're taking a look at their transcript from what they gave on the earnings. And they talk a lot here that they've learned a lot from the coronavirus in China and they're using the same tactics that were used in China in the other countries. So they came up with some plan. So they came up with some plan in China. It seemed to work in China. So they're using that as a blueprint for the other countries, which I think is pretty smart, all right? It, 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 there might be some tweaks that they have to do because just the way each country is handling it is going to be different. Um, but it's just good to know that they have some form of blueprint and they're telling us, hey, we have this already. So let's uh, let's we're going to do we're going to try to fix it in the other countries. Um, they do mention they do give some form of 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 guidance for the next quarter, which I think is pretty good um, based on the latest trends in their business. They do believe that revenue in China will likely be flat compared to the same time last year. So we're going to see uh, if China, in China, we're going to see a decrease in revenue compared to this year, uh, to this to this quarter. And if this is happening in China now, we're, uh, it's 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 only common sense to believe that they're also going to see a revenue decrease in the United States and in the Europe and Italy. Um, Europe, Europe area, um, and it's good. And it's crazy. It's good to know that Europe makes up um, about thirty percent of the revenue, and United States makes up about forty percent. All right. So now we're going to take a look at Seeking Alpha one more time. I like to use their websites to also use the annual earnings per share estimates, um, and this helps me really value the company at um, at the future at future value. And I try to look at two years from now. Um, so two years from now will actually be May of 2022, and this has been already revised in, the, in this in the last 90 days. There has been 20 down revisions, and again, it has to do thanks to the coronavirus that this uh, there has been a decrease in everybody. About 20 about 20 analysts have come and and revised their their opinion on how the company is going to do. And I do trust these analysts; they have plenty of information to tell you. How, uh, they give you good portions of how. A company is going to do plus or minus a few percentage 
but what you do with that information is what determines how you value the company for me let's take a look at may 2021 this company is expected to make two dollars and 96 cents all right so for the next year for 20 i want to do 2022 for 2022 let's say that at minimum this company grows about seven percent um so let's actually go with a little bit higher number let's just just three dollars we're going to times that by uh, 1.07 so this company in 2022 i want to say would make somewhere around three dollars and 21 cents and the reason i picked seven percent is i was just looking at past revenue growth for this company last year was seven percent the year before that was six percent the year before that was six percent the year before that was six percent so i felt seven percent was somewhere it was was a good value um, to do based on price on um, previous information so based on previous information 3.21 for me i i i mean this is a nike a, a, for me it is a shoe company but it's a brand it is a strong brand so i would give this about somewhere of a, a maybe 20 to 22 pe ratio that i would feel comfortable honestly something below 20 i would actually um feel pretty comfortable buying so let's just see what a 20 pe ratio would give me for this company that would give me a price range of 64.2 again this is some this depends on every investor for me i i don't see there's plenty of growth in this right this company nike is a brand um it's a strong brand and we're seeing huge growth in every single department here so actually let me let me give this a little bit more um just because right we're seeing huge increase in we're seeing huge increase in other parts of the world double digit growth um outside of the coronavirus um if that continues um we're also seeing this company to be able to buy back a nice amount of shares um and it has a decent amount of cash at hand so let's go with that $3.21 and let's times it by the average 25 earnings per shares ratio. And that to me will still give me $80.25. $80.25 right now, this company is sitting at about $80 right now. So for me, it's not a company I would want to invest. Um, and that's right, that's that's just because of my, my risk and reward um, to this company. Every investor, has has their own has their own way of doing this right this company pays a dividend um this company does strong share by uh, share by repurchase but for me uh, it's still an apparel company to me so for me as an investor i would not feel happy paying anything over a 25 for future pe ratio for sure um, but just because i don't it does not mean this is a bad investment it's um there could be someone that would sleep at night perfectly fine having a company like this knowing that hey eventually it can go back to its prime at a hundred dollars um but to me i feel like there might be better investments elsewhere for me opposed to nike and that's all i'm saying so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode um right we did see nike strong dividends strong revenue um it did we do know that China, um, europe and and United States make up 60% of total revenue. And these are company countries that are being hit right now for quarter four. Um, but they do mention that, hey, after the thing passes, the revenue is going to come back. And that's what we're all saying, right? So it is a great time to be buying companies. Um, 
So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Take care and have a good night.